to What We Like. We're your hosts, Cindy and Sonia. Join us each week as we discuss the world of adulting with some ratchet recap and buzz sessions. And be petty, because I have a petty spirit. So if my petty spirit is live, it, it will. your week so far it was a monday it was a, <laughs> a, it was a long monday for some reason i was super tired and i was sleepy i didn't know if i was going to make it but i did <laughs> well surprisingly i had the day off for president's oh, day or... yeah you did yes so i spent the day cleaning and napping probably more napping than cleaning but you know but yeah i was actually productive today so i was glad so you were probably more productive at home than i was at work today it was a hard (laughs) one for me (laughs) (laughs) yeah sometimes we have those days at work where you you just kind of there you know just kind of there so i thought for this week's car chatter we could talk about Monique and Steve Harvey's little clip from her being on the Steve Harvey show. Did you see the clip? Not sure if I saw the whole thing. Okay, well, she was on the Steve Harvey show. Apparently, they're really good friends. And kind of the same thing that she's been talking about for like the last year plus. You know, she's still in her feelings a little bit about the situation, her being kind of blackballed or whatever. Uh, Mm -hmm. And her main thing talking to Steve was, is that he, he um, supported her when they were in private, like when they were on the phone and they were in in private, but publicly he couldn't support her. And that's where she was angry. So did she say that? Did, did she say that to him? Yeah, she said that during the interview that. You know, so how did he? Well, he said. What was his response? He said he agreed with her. Yeah, I, I did, I did do that. And at first, he was kind of combative with her, and I really respected her because she was, you know, she she kept her cool, and he was getting a little loud, and you know, he was cutting her off and stuff, and she was kind of. You know, she was kind of cool for the most point. She let him talk or whatever. And she just said, you know, her her gripe was that not only him, but Lee Daniels, um, Tyler Perry and Oprah, all four of them in private said, hey, I understand. You're right. I, I get it. Well, Oprah and Tyler. Hey, you're right. I get it. Whatever. But she said then in public. Nobody had her back. And so she felt some kind of way about, you know, them not having her back. So she thought that the next step or a good move would be for her to 
blast everybody publicly. Right. So that's what he said to her. You know, he just felt like she went about it the wrong way and that, you know, telling them to suck her private and all of that was probably not the best way to handle it, you know. And when this thing first jumped off, you know, I was like, Monique is tripping or whatever. I still think she handled everything wrong. I think... Okay, but let me, when she, when he said that he thinks that she... I mean, he acknowledged that, yeah, he was riding for her, but he didn't come out publicly to support her, but he felt like she handled the situation wrong or her response to what they didn't do. Uh, he felt like it was wrong. Did she acknowledge that? She acknowledged that she probably handled it wrong, you know, but she, you know, basically said... She was upset about nobody supporting her, you know. And again, I agree that she handled it wrong. I also know when sometimes you say stuff when you get in your feelings and you you just you let it go too far. And and I I feel like she just went too far with it. Like she could have been mad at them and just you know, said, I don't roll with them. I don't rock with Tyler Perry. I don't rock with Oprah, whatever, and left it at that. But she just went way left with it, like telling them to, you know, suck her whatever and, you know, whatever. But in the end, Steve said, you know, he should have come to her sooner and said, hey, you know, I support you or what can I do to help make this better or whatever, he said, and I didn't. And as a friend, I should have done that, you know. So I I like that he um, he apologized for that because if my friend didn't support me on the phone, but then when we got in public, you can't say the same thing that you said on the phone, that would make me question our, you know, our friendship. Because if you support me, you support me. Yeah, but I think it's a little bit different on that level because we as friends can talk. And then if we get amongst other friends, then you would want your friend to still have your back. But I think on their level, they didn't feel comfortable coming out and supporting her when she's being a terror. Yeah. Because... That they're you know they're not going to tarnish their brand, right? And and I, you know, this is different than you know friends on a level talking. But I think that I I understand she was angry. I understand that she felt like they were asking her to do things that she didn't feel like she was getting compensated for, and she chose not to do it. All of that is her right to do. I understand she got upset and she went off. I get all of that. But when you fast forward 10, 20 years and she's still publicly being disrespectful or tearing them down or saying all this stuff about them, it doesn't help her case in. No, it doesn't. But Steve says something about integrity and he basically said, you know, you can't have integrity when you're out here trying to get this money, you know. And I totally disagree with that because if money is going to make me lose my integrity, then that's not the money for me. And basically, that's what she was saying to him. Like, I get having, making money, 
but your integrity should should come first and then you should be able to make the money but you should never sell your integrity for money especially when you have the kind of money that he has I mean he's a a, a millionaire and I think you know, he, 10 times he's over. at that point now I don't know at what level they were at at that time and I don't agree that you should well she she's talking about even you know she was saying to him even now like no nobody's still well, coming to back for they? her because my, my thing I, with I Monique mean, is, even I, when they had, I think it was Tyler Perry, had a private conversation with her. She then proceeds to go live with her husband and talk about the private conversation that he's had with her. Like, you, it, it don't... Foul. I don't feel foul. like... So that my thing is, even if it's now and we feel like, okay, they can come back, they can all come back. Like, what makes these people want to sit down and talk to Monique. What has Monique done in the last 20 years to make them want to come back and maybe, let's say, make amends? Because from what, and I don't really follow Monique like that, From but from what I see when she's doing interviews, when she's, you know, on her, I've seen a few of her lives, she's angry and she's bashing them. So I'm gonna yeah. let, I would let her stay over there and have her little rants and look crazy. Because to me, that's how she comes off yeah. for the most part. If I was Oprah, would I be trying to have a sit-down conversation with Monique? No, I wouldn't. No. I mean, I get that. I guess I just I just feel like um, I know how... I don't know. I just feel like they, they maybe it's too late now to fix it. But... I can't understand still not understanding why people can't rock with you. I will agree that she brought a lot of it on herself because she on this tour of, you know, cussing them out and saying foul stuff and, you right. know, whatever. So I agree with that. Um, and because I don't know if she that had went publicly and told me, to suck her dick. No, I wouldn't be trying to have a sit down with her. I think no. that if she had just not gone public, if she did not bash them every chance she get, it's almost like she was st- trying to stay relevant off of them, which is not necessary. Yeah. You don't need to do that because she is a presence in her own right. But every time you see her on, she's talking about them. And I right. I think I read that in that interview, Steve said that he would try to get them all together and that he told yeah. Monique that she needed to apologize. Now, I don't know how she responded to that. If- she, she didn't, she, she said she, she understood. She just, but did she, she didn't say she say would no, apologize? She didn't say no, I wouldn't, or no, or yes, I will. That leads she me just, to believe that she probably know, would not apologize. Um, and so, if if I'm she, Oprah and I see that clip, I probably wouldn't want to meet with her because I feel like if she was sincere and she wanted to squash the whole thing, and Steve was saying, "Hey, if I can get everybody together, you know, like they may owe you an apology, you owe them an apology, you know." She could have said, and I'm yeah. and I'm willing to apologize. Not, you know, 
for how I feel. As far as I, what I saw. I feel what I feel. I, you know. But she could apologize yeah. for what she has said about them. The disrespect. You know, don't apologize because you feel like they wronged you. Because she feels that way and she has every right to feel that way. But for the disrespect. Right. I, as far as I saw, and I didn't see the entire clip, she she was like in agreement with him. Like she was nodding her head and, you know, that kind of thing when he said, you know, I'll get everybody together and, and see, you know, they owe you an apology and you owe them an apology for, you know, going around and bashing them or whatever. And I saw her, you know, just acknowledging, but I, again, she could have said something after the part of the clip that you know I saw I'm not a fan of Steve Harvey's so you know anything he say I'm, I'm, I'm is, not either I'm not a, sure what, a, what makes him think he's a, he can uh, orchestrate yeah. this this meeting anyway right. but, but okay cause he's a he's a coon and a buck dancer to me I just I have nothing for him when he went and he he was absolutely right. He was telling the absolute truth when he said he sets his integrity aside basically for money because he went and did that photo shoot with um, Donald Trump knowing what kind of person he was and he went and did that photo shoot with him. What 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 came out of that? He was supposed to be facilitating, you know, uh, a bridge between the black community and President D- Donald Trump. How, nothing came out of that. Nothing well, at with all. none so. of them. You know, Kanye and uh, Jim Brown and a host of others that that went and sat there. The presidents from the HBCUs all went. A bunch of pastors went. I mean, the list is, yeah. is very long. None of them got anything. It was just a photo op for the president. None of them, none of them got anything. I think Kanye was the only one who went there strictly knowing nothing was going to come out of his little thing. Nothing was going to come out of that. He just, he's, he a whole, he, we could do a whole episode on poor little Kanye. Like he has some, he got some issues. (laughs) He has some issues. (laughs) But yeah, so anyway, the Monique thing. um, And again, I'm not like out here repping for Monique because I think she got a lot of issues. But I did think that the little episode was pretty good. Yeah, I agree. But I also think that she would be served better if she got some additional management on her team because her husband is too close to... How, you know, it, trying to defend his wife for what he feels like, you know, was done to her unfairly. And she probably needs more of a neutral, you know, representation to make, really make right. things happen. I think that would probably serve her better. Not saying that she needs to get rid of him completely, but she probably needs to add more to her team to kind of look at it from a clear point of view. Oh, Absolutely. Because your spouse is going to support you sometimes, even when they know that you're not 100% right. But, you know, and so she probably needs some other people on her team who could pull her to a side and look um, and be more object- 
objective about the situation. Right. You know, so, yeah. So, I guess we can get right into this week's episode because I personally really like this um, this topic, and I hope you do too. Okay. <laughs> so... We, I know we talked about Tony Gaskins already. We did, yes. But I was listening to his Breakfast Club interview again, and he asked the question, which I thought was a good topic, is sex a priority or should sex be a priority in your relationship? And so that made me think, like, how high on the, you know, list should sex be or is sex, you know, in your relationship? So, I mean, do you think sex should be a priority? Well, we did touch on that on the last episode on yeah. the, uh, should it be a priority or how high, you know, I, I think that, you know, from my perspective, it's based on, you know, the relationship, the, I think every relationship is right. different. And I also think it, it changes because, you know, like we said, he had said that, you know, they will go months without having sex. And I know the Breakfast Club episode, Charlemagne had said that he and his wife had gone about six weeks or so, but it was because she had just had a baby. He had just released a book. He was out doing the book tour and there was just a lot of different things going on. So, you know, he said it changes, you know, based on what's going on at that particular right. time. Not that there's anything wrong or anybody is mad with anybody. It just can change based on pretty much life and what and what's going on. But I right. do think it is very important right. in the relationship. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think it's important just... Because sometimes I know for me, it makes me feel closer to the person. So it, it brings out the good points in our relationship. Now, it's not everything in a relationship to me because uh, I like to laugh. I like to have a good time. You know, I like to have a great somebody that has great conversations. So those things are also important. But, you know, it's. It's kind of high on the list, though. You know, it's not <laughs> it's not the number one, but you know, it is high on the. So, you know, would you say list. it's in your top three, your top five? Definitely top five. Definitely okay. top five. I would yeah. agree with the top five. Yeah, definitely top top five. And it's so funny because I was telling somebody the other day that I used to think when you got to be like. 45 then sex dropped down to like your top 30 you know like not 45 yeah I thought you know by the time you get 45 or 50 you're not really doing that like you're just (laughs) hanging out and you know this is when I was younger you know like high school or college or something okay well yeah that's different yeah you know when when I was younger Right. Yeah, when right. I was high school or college, I thought, oh, okay, by 45, you know, w- this is going to drop off the scale and, you know, it'll be something like the whole intimacy will be like holding hands or sitting close or, you know, something like that. Now that I'm in my 50s, I'm like, what was I thinking? <laughs> you know? <Yeah. laughs> now, I will 
will say, although I do agree that the sex is very important, but you know, for me, uh, intimacy is just as important as pretty much, you know, at the top. So even if, if, if you're not having, uh, intercourse, you know, just being close and, you know, holding one another or, or sitting on the couch or, you know, what leads up to it, even if it doesn't take you, right. there, you know, is really right. important. And that's the, oh, absolutely. Uh, that comes in, into play with the closeness. Absolutely. Absolutely. That is, I agree. That's very important to me too. I like sitting on the couch close and watching a movie or even if we're not watching a movie, if, you know, he's playing on his phone and I'm playing on my phone and we just on the couch together and the TV's playing in the background. That's still intimacy to me because we're there, yeah. we're together, you know, that kind of stuff. So, yeah, that that is in, important um, yeah. to me. Okay, so I also, when I started thinking about that, then I started thinking about all these different questions. And I saw something where somebody, I think it was on Real Housewives and one of them, they were talking about having sex if you're mad with your mate. So can you have sex with your mate if you're angry with them or you've just had a disagreement or argument? Can you still have sex with them? Okay. So if this question was posed to me, I would say 10 years ago, 15 years ago, I would say absolutely not. I would say, Uh you know, I have to be feeling you in order to be intimate with you. If I'm not feeling you and if I'm angry angry with you, then absolutely not. I don't want you to touch me. Fast fast forward to today, I feel a little differently about that. I I feel like if we have a disagreement or if I'm not 100% happy with you at the moment, I should not withhold because that comes into play of you're using it as punishment or you're using it as a weapon and that's not good either okay now strangely enough I'm the opposite years ago had you caught me years ago and asked me this question I'd have been like yeah why not you know I could so do it and I'm mad you know now I can't, or it's, it's not, it's not as easy to just because, and I, and I don't feel like I'm using it like, oh, you're not going to get none because I'm mad. Most of the time Mm -hmm. it's just because I'm mad, um, or angry that I can't, I just can't get in that mood. You know, like yeah. if I'm angry or something, I just can't get in that mood. So it wouldn't be a pleasurable moment for either one of us because I, you know. Keep, now, it may still know. be a pleasurable moment for him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll take that back. You're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> and you know what? I And, and I also think that I, I think that it also depends on the level of the disagreement. Or, you know, the level of the anger. Because I think if there was just, you know, a small disagreement and, you know, he still wants to be intimate, then, okay, now I'm going to do, or at least I'm going to try to do it. Because 
What I don't want to happen is I don't want there to be a small disagreement in the air. And then I say no to that. And then that causes another disagreement. Right, right. And then it kind of festers into something else. Because if, if, if we have a relationship where we pretty much never tell each other no, and then we do because we had this little spat, you know, an hour ago, I think that can evolve into something else. Right, right. But I I can see if it's like a big blowout, a big, you know, argument, something that's, you know, on a 10, then it might be, I can see it being more difficult to engage. Right. Yeah. Now, if it's just me being petty, (laughs) then, (laughs) then I can probably, you know, work my way through it. If it's just me being petty. I have found that especially in these small disagreements that's just really about nothing, that can make me happy again. That can make me kind of forget about it. And and a lot of times it's on me because I'm just crazy sometimes. And I'm right. You know what? That was me. I'm over it because he has taken me there. (laughs) Right, right. Same, same here. If I realize that it's me being petty, then um, that can you know, make me forget about it or make me, you know, say, hey, that was just, that was on me. You know, that was my bad. I was being petty because I'm quick to let you know that I I understand that that was a petty moment for me. So, you know, I I could, that usually brings me around, you know, if I'm being petty. But if I'm really pissed about something or he's really pissed about something, it's really hard for me to get get my mind, you know, right about to go that. there. I just yeah. think that we have to be very careful in that and not get in the mode or the habit of using it as a weapon or putting yeah. someone on punishment. Yeah. Now I don't agree with that. For me, it's just, I can't, I'm not in that, you know, mood. I'm not feeling like, Oh, you, you're not getting it because you know, you made me mad. It's usually just because I struggle with getting my mind there, you know, like uh-huh. feeling like all warm and fuzzy, you know? So, yeah. Um, yeah, but I, I, that might be something I might need to, I might need to put on my list of shits and you need to work <laughs> on. <laughs> but so, okay. So that brings me to another question. Would you stay if the sex was bad, but he treats you good or that your relationship other than that is really good, you know, would you stay if the sex was bad though? Okay. So I hear people say this, but I feel like I've come to a place where if you're really, really into the person, like really into the person and you really love that person for who they are and you guys are are really, you know, into one another, how can it be that bad? Right. Yeah. Because a lot of it, and I really think it it also, and, and again, years ago, I probably would have had a different answer, but I think that, you know, as I mature, it's more about the connection and the emotional Uh, part of it than the physical act right right 
I and and I agree. So I don't I don't know. I think when I was younger, you know, you like, oh, that was bad or you know, or ooh, he couldn't do XYZ. But now yeah. it's more about connecting with the person and like I was saying, it it makes me feel closer to the person. So for me, it's just it's different. It's different with this person than it would be with that person, but not necessarily bad. Because once you get in tune with somebody and, you know, you know what they like and they know what you like, then I don't necessarily feel like it's it's bad. Like, or it could right. be bad, you know. At that just... point, I don't think it could be. Now, I think that that might be a question for a new relationship. You know, if right. you meet somebody and you guys are getting to know one another and you're looking to be together and you have sex and it's not good, then it, it would be easier to back out of it if you're not really into that person. But I think once you establish that connection and once you form that bond and you're together, it I don't think it's going to get to that point and then you all of a sudden say, Okay, this sex is not good. I don't, no, no, I'm out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, okay. So I, I'm I'm on a roll with the with the sex <laughs> questions. <laughs> I'm on a roll with them. I, I kept seeing one after the other and I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna make a list and me and Sonya gonna talk about it on the podcast. So um Okay, so here's another one for you. If your spouse or your significant other um, doesn't satisfy you sexually, should you be able to cheat? Like, oh, um, and no, I, that's a non-negotiable. Right. You know, give me an opportunity. Have a conversation with me about it and say, hey, I feel like I'm not being satisfied here are some things that maybe we can try or would you be open to this or that? But it doesn't give you the right to say, oh, well, you weren't satisfying me. So I had to go out and get, you know, somebody else. Sometimes, especially in a relationship, you get, um, you know, you get complacent and you just start going through the routine. So maybe if you have a conversation with me and say, hey, I'd like to spice it up or try something different or whatever, but you owe me a conversation, you know. Right. First. So did this one come from Love and Marriage Huntsville? Yes. Yes. The whole Okay. Because Martel said that, and it was almost like he was saying that as reason for cheating. Right. Which is, which is crazy. And then she said that, well, you never had a conversation with me. You never told me. And then he actually said, well, yeah, I told you. And I can't remember what it was, but something he asked her to do, she wasn't comfortable doing. So he said, well, yeah, I did tell you. And then she shot back with, okay, well, in the same token, there's some things that I asked you to do too, and you didn't want to do. But that didn't make me go out and cheat. Right. And I think he said... Yeah, I'm not talking dirty, talking nasty. I'm not going to do that. But it doesn't matter what it is. You know, if your partner says, you know, they need something or would like something, then there needs to be 
a, a common ground. Like, I mean, I, I wouldn't say that you need to do something that you don't feel comfortable with. You don't need to do something that, you know, is against, you know, maybe your morals or whatever, but there needs to kind of be a compromise or a common ground because you do want to satisfy. Oh, your, absolutely. Your absolutely. I think, um, I think he was just wrong for even trying to justify it by saying you, you made me do it basically, you know, that that's no justification, um, justification for, you doing something wrong. Like you were the one who cheated. So own that, you know, don't put it on me. Right. You were the one who cheated. And I I would even respect him had he said, you know what? I um, approached you. You said it was something you can't do. Then I started to say we need to separate or we need to divorce. And then I went out and, you know, got my groove on with somebody else. But to do it in the midst of the relationship, just because you felt like you weren't being sexually satisfied, like, okay, I'm sure everybody could come up with something that they they want their spouse to do, be it sex or something else, and they just don't right. do, but they don't normally then say, okay, well, I'm going out and I'm going to find somebody who does. Like... You you probably won't get everything that you're looking for in your spouse. You know, like everything. Well, yeah, I'm gonna you know. say that you you don't. I I don't. I just don't see where you can get everything. You know, I used to say a lot. You know, I could take you know like three three past relationships and take characteristics from three men. To form my own man, then okay, I would have the perfect man. Right. But obviously, you know, we can't do that. So my thing is you pick and choose what's more important to you. You pick and choose what you can live with or what you can't live without. And then you go with that. Absolutely. I, mean, I don't think you can go into it expecting to get every single thing you want that that may be a little bit uh unrealistic right as far as i'm concerned but i think that you need to know what's most important to you right and then that's what you need to look for in a mate and i think that he was being it's it's selfish to say that you want everything but you're not willing to give her everything just like he said that he he did mention to her whatever it is that he wanted and she didn't do it. And then she came back and said, well, I asked you about talking dirty. And he was like, oh, well, I'm not, I'm not going to be talking nasty and talking dirty. Okay. Well then that's selfish of you that you want her to be everything to you, but you can't do the same for her. And yet she didn't step outside of the relationship and look for somebody who's talking dirty. She just, Accept it. Okay, my husband won't do it. Move on. You know. Right. Right. Um, so yeah, his whole little situation, him he's justified it so many different ways in his mind that, you know, he was he was right by doing what he did. You know, instead of just he's owning up to it, but it's almost like, yeah, I did it, but it was really your fault. Like I, I cheated, but it oh, was yeah. really your fault, he, you know. He acknowledges that he did it, but he also 
comes across with, I did it, but I was justified. Right. That's the way that he comes across. Right. And, and no, sir, you were not. <laughs> you were not. <laughs> you were not justified. So, um, well, I, I, I think we got all, oh, the last, last, uh, sex question before we go into ratchet recap. So do you really think size matters? And do you have a different answer to that question now than you did, say, 20 years ago? I think my answer is the same now and 20 years ago because I've had big, I've had small. And the big wasn't necessarily (laughs) the best. Right. All the time, you know, and that was early on. I remember in college, you know, basketball player, six, three, six, four, just, you know, right. and no, it, that, that wasn't yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. So I learned early yeah. on that for me, no, that doesn't matter. That size doesn't matter. No, yeah, I'm I'm gonna go go with you a hundred percent on that one. That um, no, it doesn't matter. And if we have somebody out there who's young and still, you know, trying to figure that question out, and you listen to women and men, you know, make it seem like oh, because he's well endowed, that he's gonna be doing some things and changing your life and all that. No, I, mm-mm. Size, Take it from your auntie. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Size is not all it's cracked up to be. Like, it, it's, again, to me, it's um, a lot to do with him, what he knows what to do, and also your connection, you know, it's, it's, especially when you get into a relationship, your connection will make right. it better so big or small or yeah i would say straight you know 20 years ago it was more of not about the size but does does he know what to do with what he has right um now it's more about yeah does he know what to do with what he has but more importantly the connection that we right 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 connection is is really important so well thank you for answering all my sex questions this week (laughs) (laughs) no problem (laughs) yes so i was um, i was trying not to overshare because i I had some stories i could tell what i'm like right right so i I feel like if it's some some young ones out there who really want to hear some real stories Hit us up on our email and maybe we can share with you privately. <laughs> oh, we can definitely do that. And maybe we can we can have you on and uh, maybe we'll delve a little bit deeper into yeah. the conversation. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, okay, well, I guess now we can get into ratchet recap. So, I'm going to let you take it away because... I know that I watch the episodes, but two things. A, I'm getting old, so stuff starts to run <laughs> together. And then B, 
I record it, so sometimes I'm watching the latest episodes, sometimes I'm not watching the most latest episodes, right. so I'm going to let you lead me on this one. Yeah, well, I just realized that we actually have two that we haven't touched on, so we'll kind of combine those together and we'll go through them pretty quickly. But okay. from the two weeks ago, the ladies were ending their trip in Japan and they had the last night they had the uh, bachelorette party for Eva. And what stood out for me was the strippers. Yes. Uh, Japanese. And they were not the ones like, and you know, like Cynthia is just so reserved. And Cynthia was like, Oh, hon, I'm going to need you to take your socks off. (laughs) (laughs) And then at one point she was like, after it was over, she said, Oh, I don't think I will be asking for a refund. Right. (laughs) Yes. They were, they were not the kind of strippers that you would be like, Ooh, that was a good look. You know, it was like, "Mm -mm." they had more fun. After he left, because, uh, well, for one, Tanya in her games, it was like, okay, honey, this is not a, a 12-year-old's party. Like, yeah, did she have them making something? What were they making? I can't remember. I don't they... even know, but it wasn't even important. Uh, we're going to get with uh, Portia's pickle game. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, poor Tanya. Now, that was funny. <laughs> yeah, Portia's game seemed like it was a lot more a lot more fun than and, and you know Nene was not in the best of spirits but when Portia brought out the pickles and they started doing that and she was like leave it to Portia to make me laugh so that ended well and then the last thing for that episode was a good thing Candy and Portia had their moment and they made up yes I was and happy to see that I will say the last thing about that episode I felt like um, even though they've been catty with one another this season, I felt like, and, and, and it might get worse, but they were a little more, they had a little more sisterhood, especially on this trip, even though Nene had her moments or whatever, and, and Marlo and um, Eva had, you know, a moment or whatever, which sometimes happens on girls trips or whatever you you have a little second and then you get it back on track but i felt like they so far have been a little less catty than normal you know yeah i i agree i agree i think it all came together and even when they have you know their moments their shady moments i think now it doesn't last long and it doesn't right you know, spill into something else. I think they deal with it and they move on and, and they're good. Right. And and I I can appreciate that because I think that's what happens realistically. Like sometimes you have a moment with your girlfriend or something like that and then, you know, y'all squash it however you do. Like it doesn't have to last forever. You know, you squash it. Somebody calls and says, let's do happy hour or let's go here or, you know, what you doing, you know, and then you get it back together and you get it back on track. And so um, I'm glad to see that. And last thing, I was really glad that um, 
or was that um, now I might be getting the episodes mixed up but when Candy that was on this one Candy apologized kind of to or to Portia and said hey you know yeah that's what I just said They're, okay they, when they made okay. up yeah yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah. was that was last week so that was a good one and I think that she was sincere they made up I so think so too I I hope that lasts and Sunday's episode, not a whole lot going on. I mean, what's of course, Candy and Todd were going over the surrogate thing, which, I, you know, I, I go back with why. You know, she already struggles with the fact that she she has all these businesses. She's so busy. She's always on the go and struggling with trying to balance, you know, being a mom and, you know, being multiple business owners and just doing everything i was just like okay why are you doing this right i i had two whys why is she doing the sarah why is she trying to have another baby uh and then what did she ever explain why she wanted to do a surrogate i, I thought maybe i missed that or did she just not say why well i think that she had problems before because okay. the ace her last child they did um ivf okay and that was how she was able to have him so i think there were some complications or some problems because she did say that you know she would want to carry her own child but i guess you know they didn't want to risk that okay okay because todd seemed like he was teetering back and forth he wasn't really you know, sure what he Well yeah, he, he basically to, was know. like, I'm from the Bronx. Like this is not really what we do when we think about having a child. Like he definitely wants more kids, but he was on the fence about the surrogate because he was like, I'm just trying to fashion in my mind how it would work. Like, you know, would you be upset or in your feelings if I wanted to rub her belly? Or how close right you know, do we get, like, do we call all the time or do we just leave her alone and let her do her own thing, you know? And what's your valid concerns? You know, he was just like, I'm just trying to really understand how the whole process worked. And at one point he was like, I don't even know if I want to be involved in it. Maybe you just, you right. know, bond with her and then just call me when it's time to go right, to the hospital. Right. So, yeah, it was he was really not comfortable with the whole process or or maybe not understanding how it would work or how close he should get to yeah, the same. Yeah. And I I could I thought his questions were valid because it's not something yeah, that they've yeah. done before and you know, that is a different situation. It's another woman carrying your baby, but she's not your wife. Right. And so, you know, I could I could see that. But I was really shocked that she wanted to have more, that they wanted to have more kids because they do seem extremely yeah. busy. And I think it is him more so than her. Okay. Uh, so, mm -hmm. yeah, we'll have to see how that pans out and whether or not they decide to do it. Uh, another thing on this episode was uh, when uh, uh, Cynthia and Marla went over to Nini's and they were having drinks. And and I thought about you when, you know, Nini was saying both of the ladies have been very supportive. They were both there when uh, Greg 
had surgery. They were there when he came out of surgery. He said, but they're really different. He, she said, Cynthia is more nurturing. And Marlo was extra. <laughs> and I thought about you because that's exactly how you described Marlo as being extra. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but I did think it was really nice of them to be there with her and to be there for her because... At that time, and and we acknowledge that you know it was it's recorded, so it's not that it's happening current day. Right. But she was really, really struggling at that time, and then she also, you know, shared that before he was diagnosed with cancer, they were not in the best place. Right. Like they were kind, of, which I didn't know that before she said that. So, and it just makes it more difficult. And she really seemed to be struggling. Yes, I I thought that too. Like, she really seems to be having a hard time with this. And so, um, just the last few minutes of it, that little part when she was talking, Vegan Bay was coming in the room or, or something. And he said, she sounds like she's being um, very selfish. And we started talking about the whole process. And I was telling him that I think that men deal with sickness a little different than we do. And so men are, are over, they're, they're more needy or they don't process, they don't do it in the same manner that we might would do it. And so she was having a hard time dealing with the way that Greg is handling his sickness. And so it seems like it's really difficult for her because she doesn't... It is taken, it's taken a toll. And I think that it's hard. And and then Cynthia said also, you know, she says maybe Nene needs to be, you know, more patient with Greg because he is actually the one that's going through it. Right. But I, I, I go back to, and I think we touched on it before, unless you have been yeah. the caretaker of, unless you have cared for somebody right. who is sick, you really cannot fathom what the person is going through. And sometimes that person, that caretaker is going through more stress and more turmoil than the person that's actually dealing with the sickness. And I know that's strange to say, and some people probably don't believe that, but it is a lot on the person that's doing it. So I felt really bad for her because I know what that feels like. And she just looked like she was just, I mean, for one, especially if you're not, you were not happy. Right. You know, you were kind of on the edge. And then this comes about. Right. And then, you know, and I understand where Greg is coming from because he's dealing with this. So, you know, he's lashing out at everybody. And it's common knowledge. The person that gets it the most is the one that's taking care of you. Oh, absolutely. Those are the ones that, that get yelled at and, you know, get the temper tantrums and, and everything. So, she's getting all of that. She's dealing with the fact that her marriage was not in a good place. She's dealing with the fact that she wasn't happy. But now she's dealing with the fact that, hey, I need to be here and I need to take care of him. Right. And it's a lot. Right. And then, you know, you're always thinking about 
other people's perception of how you're doing stuff. So you don't want to, you only have your few people that you can talk to about it. And even them, you don't want to come across to them like, oh, well, I don't care anything. How could she talk that way about a man who's sick and going through cancer? You know, so like you said, unless you've been there, it's really hard to sympathize with that person when it seems like they're being selfish and not thinking about the, you know, the person who's ill when really that person needs support too, you know, because it's a lot. I was listening on the breakfast club when they were talking about the B Smith, um, thing situation. And, um, Angela Yee was saying that the caretaker usually, um, goes before the person that they're caring for, you know, a lot of times yeah, because it's so a, stressful, you know. It is, but there was a study done, and especially the caretaker of Alzheimer's patients, it said that 70% of the time, the caretaker right, uh, passes before the person that actually has the disease. So everybody that... And, and right. also on this... We talked about it before. I think it may have been episode 12. I'm not sure. But, I, you know, my view on it has changed a little bit. Not that I blame him for doing what he's doing. But I, I think I've opened up my mind to it a little bit more. But I still think that the people that are saying, you know, the marriage vow says to death do us part. And, you know, he just needs to wait until... She's gone. Well, that's not realistic because, like, we we just heard that the study shows that 70% of the time, you know, if we go to those statistics, you know, she will outlive him. And then, you know, his life is gone. So, I, you know, at this point, and I think that I heard on another podcast where they were at a party or a pool party or something like that, and somebody saw them. And I'm wondering if that's one of the reasons they went public. If it was because they started hanging out more and people started seeing them and then there started being, you know, talk. You know, I was just wondering if that led into him wanting to go public because he did put a lot on them, more stress on them by doing that. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I, that was my only thing initially with the, the situation is how he was so public with it, like on her Instagram page and or her Facebook page or whatever, you know, putting putting it out like that. I, what you do is what you're doing because we don't know what kind of, you know, conversation he had with um, Although B prior did, to he says that whatever. She told him to move on and to live his life. And, and people are saying, well, no, she didn't say that. But obviously, we don't know. We we, we were not Right. There. We don't. And you know... We don't. Because I would want my significant other to, to... I wouldn't want them to stop living their life if they're healthy and they can, you know, be in another relationship. Because I wouldn't know. Yeah. And know, I think I, a lot of people... I, I wouldn't know. Uh, uh, well, not a lot of people. Because a lot of people just think he's just wrong, period. But then some of the ones that said maybe he should have gotten a place and, you know, be with your girlfriend, you know, in a separate place, 
just don't bring her into the home. Right. And that's another thing. But I think that, you know, I now I'm thinking of, okay, the whole public thing versus keeping it private. I just don't know how private he would be able to keep it, you know, with today. And they would basically have to live in the house and, and never go out and never do anything, which again, they're not living well, their life. Well, I mean, but they've been together for a whole year and this is just coming. He said they've been together. I was listening to him do an interview he the other day. Year. He said they've been yeah. together like a year and you know, it's just coming out. So I think he just maybe got excited about the relationship but, or whatever. Yeah, or I like you said, maybe somebody saw were, them. Somebody had know. made a comment because they were at a pool party and I guess he and the girlfriend were being affectionate towards one another and B was also at the pool party. You know, so I, oh. I like part of and obviously I don't know, but I was wondering if that was a catalyst for him to go public is because he wanted to put it out there before anybody else. And and I don't know if it's because they started, you know, going out more or being more open with their relationship that they felt a need to bring it to the forefront so that they could tell their story before someone else could put another spin on it, which it didn't matter because he told his story and nobody likes it. <laughs> right. Yep. Basically, you, you basically that's what happened. So, yeah. Well, I mean, I I after my relationships and my divorce and still being a part of my in-laws lives which causes me to still be a part of my ex-husband's life and all of the, you know, um, my older daughter's father. We're still really good friends or whatever. And so, you know, people can look outside and say, oh, I would never do that or I can never do that. But you don't know until you're in that relationship and you have to do what's best for people outside of Mm -hmm. yourselves, you know, so... They're doing what works best for them. He's still able to live a life, but he's also taking care of his wife, whom he obviously loves. You know, maybe the love has changed. Yeah. And that was a reason my whole thing was I can't really judge. Right. Because I haven't walked in those right. shoes. And one thing on the Breakfast Club interview, DJ Envy was talking about his mother-in-law and how... She lives with them and they go on vacations and he bears the expense to take her to all these different places that they go, knowing that she's not going to remember it, but he still takes her. He would never leave her. He would never stick her home. But I'm like, but you can't compare them Right. Two. That's two different. That's your mother-in-law. Yeah. That's not your that's spouse. That's two different things. Like that's, that's a whole different situation. Yeah. You know. Like we wouldn't be having this conversation if it was B's mom right. instead right. of her. And then people were saying, but if she knew what was going on, she wouldn't like this. Okay, but if she knew what was going on, it wouldn't be going right. on. Like, if she knew what was going on, they would still be together. Like, I mean, they right. the, the other chick wouldn't be involved. So Wouldn't be involved. So it's, it's a lot. And 
you know, I, 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 my feelings go back and forth a little bit. But one thing I stay constant with is that I do believe he has a right to live his life. Oh, and absolutely. I, I, I don't feel like he should be judged as harshly as he's being judged. And people are saying horrible, horrible things about him. But nobody knows what they would do in that particular situation unless they were faced with that situation. Absolutely. And even if they would do something different, who are we to judge? Absolutely. That's, that's not for us to do. Absolutely. Yeah, I I agree. It's easy to say what you would or wouldn't do or what he should or shouldn't do when you sitting right. over here on this couch, you know. But, you know, until you're in that situation... You you can't say exactly what you would do, you know, because I can say all day, I would never, you know, once I divorce my ex-husband, I'd be done with my in-laws. But that's not the case. You know, people, right. things change when you're actually in that situation. So good luck to them. If it works for them, you know. It works for me. I'm, <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I guess we wrapped up everything so okay we will or you guys will hear us next week bye bye (laughs) if you would like to share your comments or let us know what you think about the episode please email us at what we like inc You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at What We Like. Make sure that you guys are doing what you like this week. Because we'll definitely be doing what we like. Bye. Bye.